Hello, everybody, and welcome to another 217 Sports Talk podcast. It's just Ryan and I today on this snowy Wednesday, but we are here to bring you some sports news. Sir. IHSA just dropped their sports schedule for the spring, and we are very excited about it. So we are going to tell you the uh, schedule for multiple sports, for multiple high school sports. Football this year will begin a five-week regular season. Games are starting March 9th, 19th and going till April 24th. There will be no state series. Basketball will start practicing now, and their season will wrap up around March 13th. There will be no state series. Boys soccer will start March 1st and will go until April 17th, and there will be no state series. Girls volleyball will start March 8th and they will play until April 24th, no state series. Baseball, softball, track and field, and girls soccer will begin April 5th and will end June 19th. It is to be be determined on that state series. And wrestling will start April 19th and end June 12th. Rhino, how do you you feel about this schedule? Well, it's kind of nice because, I mean, a couple things overlap with football and baseball, but that's just about two weeks but i'm just happy that they were able to get everything in there in this short amount of time during this crazy time and yeah there's just a lot of stuff it's going to be very busy but Mm -hmm. who doesn't love busy every once in a while (laughs) yeah i know today our junior high basketball team here in mount zion is starting playing games today as well as junior high volleyball is also starting real soon so we're excited to get back into the mojo of all the sports playing again all at once i know a bunch of people might be mad about the schedule and how it overlaps, but you got to look at the bigger picture and all of us beginning to play again. It's all about the kids and the students. And it, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it really matters how many games each pe- each person gets to play, except for, I mean, I do think baseball and softball and track, I feel like they all deserve their whole season since it was taken away from them last year. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're all low risk sports anyway. So I understand giving them their whole season, but I think that just being able to play is all that matters right now. Mm-hmm. No one should be being mad about schedules and games and how much there are. And, and if there's no stay series, we all we need we still need to be safe and play our games. And, but we are we are just happy to play, mm-hmm. especially being a baseball player last year and our season getting cut short. We didn't even get our first games in. No, we were practicing all winter, and then. We have one. We had we had one practice out outside on the field. Next practice, we get into the dugout, and our our head coach told us that the season will be no longer, and that was truly a heartbreak, especially for the seniors that were in that dugout with us, seeing their reactions and how how terrible that was. And I I'm just happy that we don't have to go through that again. I'm just happy we could play our sports and move on. And with saying that, we are going to move on to college sports. 
It's game week, the biggest game of the week or the year <laughs> for Illinois. They are versing number seven Iowa on Friday in Champaign, and this is the spirit that we are going with. This is the song I'm going with. This is what we need right now. This is what we this need. This is what Illinois Nation needs. Here we right go. Now. can't tell me that doesn't hype you up I mean, yeah. that, uh, this game is the biggest game that illinois will play for the big 10 at least for now we we can't wait till friday to, to oh, yeah. witness I'm, this game i'm really excited to see how this game goes after all the stuff that happened last year between these two teams and with their success this year it'll be a really fun game to watch i think oh for sure um last year illinois won at our place, and the Orange Crush was insane. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be completely different when the Orange Crush isn't there against Iowa on Friday. But I remember they had signs up of the head coach, <laughs> like was tr- was a triggered, yeah. <laughs> with a trigger with like triggered eyes and triggered underneath. And then Brad Underwood signed it after the game. <laughs> I just remember Kofi dominating, especially for a freshman. No one knew that was really gonna happen against one of the best players in the country, and still Luca Garza. Yeah, Alani's record. As of now, is ten and five overall, six and three in the Big Ten. Iowa is twelve and three overall, and six and two in the Big Ten. The Illini's last game was a win over Penn State, but Penn State is is not not a top team in the Big Ten, which is tough to say because there's a lot of really good talent yeah. in the Big Ten. Iowa's last game was a loss against unranked Indiana, eighty-one to sixty-nine, and that just proves once again that. The Big Ten is the best conference for college basketball, and anyone can win any night. But with saying that, will Luca Garza and the Hawkeyes be too much for the Illini? They are. They are a really good basketball team this year, especially with their three-point shooting and Luca doing what he does. Will the Illini be able to stop them? Um, I just think it all. It all depends on how the Illini come out in the first half. They just need to set the tone early play good defense. I mean, Kofi should be able, I mean, the only thing that Kofi will have trouble against is guarding Luka Garza's outside shot because that's just the one weapon that Luka has that makes him so difficult to defend. But if Illini comes out ready to play, Iowa's coming off of a heartbreaker against Indiana. I mean, losing really bad to an unranked team. Mm-hmm. And Illini got a little confidence booster, beating Penn State bad. I think that if Illini just does its thing, they'll have a chance to win. You touched on it, yeah, completely. The the biggest problem I see for the Illini, besides them not getting onto a good start, because they have to, if they want to compete in this ballgame, they have to be neck and neck or be better than Iowa in the first half, which the Illini usually aren't doing against every every team they play. They usually are a second-half team, but they have to be jumping on all cylinders out of the gate. But what I was getting to was... Kofi was having trouble against um what team was it Rutgers was it No or, it was a uh, it was Indiana I think It was Ohio State or yeah, Ohio, it, it was, was Ohio State, State against EJ Lidwell Yeah and it was a center that could shoot threes Now I Kofi just needs to be able to contest the outside shot which Luca has mm-hmm. and 
if he doesn't, it's going to end up like the Ohio State game where EJ ended up dropping like 26 points and like seven threes, mm-hmm. something crazy like that, which he's never done before. But if, if you get the switch and you get Kofi out there, it's very easy to then attack the paint or make a shot off the dribble in Kofi's eye because he's just not agile out there not when he's not in the paint. Yeah, but overall, this should be just a really fun game to watch, and I'm excited on Friday. Yes, I am. I'm very excited. I hope the Illini get a dub. They, if it does, that would help out their ranking a lot, and mm-hmm. and uh, and chances has a really good seat in March Madness. Oh yeah, March Madness this year is going to be in Indianapolis, which is really close. It's basically home field advantage for Illinois. And <laughs> I, I, as of now, I'm thinking Illini get top five seed. Yeah, in, I mean that's in one hope. of their. And then we also hope for a better seed in the Big Ten if we can win this. The best team in the Big Ten is Michigan at eight and one. They're thirteen and one overall, which is really good. I was number two, at six and two, six and two overall, thirteen and twelve in the conference. Then it goes Wisconsin, twelve and four, and then Illinois at ten and five. It's 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 weird to see that the Illini are still ranked so high when they have a record of ten and five. Does that? Does do you think the committee or whoever does the rankings still believes in what the Illinois possesses? Well, I think also the their Big Ten rankings has to deal more with their record in the Big Ten opposed to their overall record. Because I mean, there are still teams that have better overall records than the Illini that they're placed higher than, but that's just because their Big Ten, uh, their Big Ten record. They've also had a much tougher schedule than some of the other teams. They've played, oh, sure. they've played teams like Baylor and Duke, and those are tough games they, to play. I, I bet Illinois is up there and probably the team that played the most ranked teams oh, yeah, definitely. in the country. Yes, we can't wait until Illinois faces off against Iowa on Friday in Champaign. And now we are going to be on to our breaking sport headlines. Sad news that came to us last Friday. The legend of a game, the face a face of the game who defied so many things coming off of nothing. I'm pretty sure they sent him with $2 and a sandwich. They sent him on a train and he went for his dreams. Hank Aaron passed away at the age of 86. And let's listen to this famous call by Vince Scully that is really a trademark into his legacy as a baseball player. The crowd booing. Downing has to ignore the sound effects and stay a professional and pitch his game. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. the home plate area, his mother came running across the grass, 
threw her arms around his neck, kissed him for all she was worth. Aaron is being mobbed by photographers. He is holding his right hand high in the air, and for the first time in a long time, that poker face of Aaron shows the tremendous strain and relief of what it must have been like to live with for the past several months. It is over. That that's just that just gives me goosebumps every yeah. time. It's a really cool thing to listen to. I mean, it's like when I was a little kid, you you were taught about all these like historical figures who who didn't even seem real. Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, and Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron is one of the top players the sports has ever seen, and he's going to be an icon forever. Some of the uh, compliment, accomplishments in the baseball world, not even in the real world, he he he's done so much for everyone. He's done every everyone for for he's done everything for African Americans and the movement. Some of his accomplishments playing Major League Baseball is he holds the record for the most career runs batted in, so RBIs, was two thousand two hundred and ninety seven. Extra base hits, he leads in that, 1,477. And he leads in total bases, 6,856. Aaron is one. Aaron is also in the top five for career hits, 3,771, and runs, 2,174. Aaron was also a 25 all-star, which was the most out of any player that's ever played Major League Baseball. And let's not forget, he also hit 755 home runs, which is second all-time behind uh, Barry Bonds. Yeah. So. Which, it's just crazy, because at that time, Babe Ruth was thought as the greatest player to ever walk the face of the earth. And then you have a, you have a black man in the Deep South, in Atlanta, who beat this legendary figure, which... It was a record no one thought so anyone would ever touch. Yeah, it, it it's crazy because nowadays you you can't look at any player in our game. Well, maybe maybe Mike Trout and some pitchers, but you can't look at any player that now in the future like that we do at Henry Aaron and Lou Gehrig, Mantle, all those guys. Yeah, you you just can't. And those guys are the faces of baseball. They always will be. It's Baseball is a game of pastime, and what happens in and this was the real pastime of baseball. All right, now we are moving on to uh, last weekend. We had the NFL conference championship games. Uh, first game, I mean, my personal favorite: Bucks defeat the Packers, which we've been waiting for this whole season as Bears fans, and uh, <laughs> they they defeat them. The Packers 31-26, and they'll be heading to the Super Bowl to play Kansas City. How were the Bucks able to make it this far in the playoffs? Well, before I answer that question, I just want to say that the Bears ba- basically had the same season as the Packers. They're basically better than the Packers. Think, I mean. think about it. They <laughs> Think about it. The Bears had two weeks earlier to prepare for next season. Mm-hmm. And they also have a higher draft pick. So tell me who won. Who also, won the season? the Bears beat the Bucks. And the Bucks beat the Packers, so so I if mean, so if the Bucks win the Super Bowl, that means the Bears the Bears won the <laughs> Super Bowl. Won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> but back to your question about how the Bucks were able to make it this far in the playoffs. 
it, it's simple. It's Tom Brady. Without Tom Brady, they, this team, I don't think. Tom Brady in the defense. D- uh, yeah, I was going to say sorry, something yeah. about the defense. But Tom Brady just basically said, you know, I'm going to go to a random team, probably with some nice weather, <laughs> and I'm going to take them to the Super Bowl. And he picked the right team. He picked a team mm-hmm. with a very good defense. And then he also had some weapons, which they, again, added on with, like, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, and et cetera. Yeah. But if they didn't have Tom Brady, say they stick with Jameis Winston. This, I, I'm sorry, but this yeah, team isn't going anywhere. Yeah, they're maybe a, maybe a playoff team. Maybe. 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 I just, I just think that uh, with uh, Tom Brady, who's the ultimate game manager the, the game's ever seen, he, he makes every right read. He all he all he does is drive you down the field, drive the ball down the field, and he gets you points. He rarely makes mistakes besides against the Bear game, which he clearly didn't know the down. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. But he's an all-time great. He went from New England, came to Tampa Bay, made him win the NFC, which which everyone thought w- was going to happen in the beginning of the season. They were like, "Oh, top team, watch out for in the NFC." But then they like lost like the first like four yeah, they fell off a little bit at the four, beginning of the season. Four games with like the first six. Bucks went eleven and five, and they still got second division to the Saints, who are twelve and four. But but still, if they didn't have Tom Brady, I can't stress it enough. If they didn't have Tom Brady, they would not be where they are right now mm-hmm. in in the Super Bowl. Um, a question I want to ask you is how how there was some weird. There's a weird mojo going on in Green Bay right now. First off, I want to ask you about why didn't Matt LaFleur go for that fourth down? You have, you have, in my opinion, you have a top five quarterback, maybe top three, and you decide that you should punt it and give the ball back to one of the best quarterbacks that's ever played the game. I, I just don't see how you can, how you do that to your, to your team. He has so many weapons. He, like, yeah. They didn't punt. They kicked their three, right? Yeah, sorry, kick, sorry. Yeah, they ended up kicking kicking three when they could have, when they could have punched it in. When they could have punched it for one yard, two yards. Yeah, I I'm sorry, was... but if you have Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. and you even have these other guys who are not like all stars, and and Scantling and uh, Lazard and Tunyon, yeah, y- you could have got two yards, and you wouldn't have to have to worry about Tom Brady chewing out the clock. With like two minutes and two minutes or so to go, mm-hmm. I I just don't understand why Matt Lafleur decided to kick it. I just think he was being a little too safe, especially for that situation. I mean, in playoff in the playoffs, if you're losing and it's the fourth quarter, you should be going for it on fourth down almost a hundred percent of the time, unless it's like a really it has to be a really close game. And Matt Lafleur is one of the smartest smartest coaches I've ever seen play the game he basically turned around that whole whole team especially after Mike McCarthy was doing what he was doing with that offense which was very underproductive but Malafleur is one of the best minds in football and I just don't get why he didn't do it yeah which it is what it is and yeah but back to what I was saying about the there was a weird feeling going on and Green Bay, at a press conference, Aaron Rodgers kept saying stuff about how he doesn't know what's going to happen next season, and 
there's who knows who's going to go where and he he scared a lot of people by saying that i saw i saw a bunch of packer fans being all worried about what's going to what's the future for Aaron Rodgers is he really considering retiring especially after an probably an mvp caliber season what 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 do you think will happen with Aaron Rodgers in green bay i am i don't i really don't know i think that he will i think that he'll stay in green bay i don't I just can't really see him going anywhere after this season. The only place he could go is Los Angeles because that's where yeah. he played football. He played for Cali mm-hmm. and for college. But I really don't see him going anywhere because, I mean, he's only got a couple of years left. I'm assuming he's going to want to retire a Packer. I mean, they've still got a cu- they've got their weapons for next year. It seems like every year he tries to make a push for the playoffs, even though. He, I mean, I feel like this is one of the better teams he's had in a while, too. And he's always trying to make a push for the playoffs, and he always comes up short every year. And I feel like he's still got that drive for the next couple of years to try to make a Super Bowl push with this team. I just can't really see him going anywhere else. Yeah, I, Packer fans should not be worried. And the, he's also said in a recent interview that it, it's what he does every year. He talk, He Anyone can go anywhere. He always talks. He always has relatable conversations with his GM and head coach, owner, whoever it may be. He has everything he needs in Green Bay. And if if I know Aaron Rodgers the way I know Aaron Rodgers, he wants to be a Hall of Famer with one team because that one team believed in him. They drafted him. He was bred under Brett Favre. He he wants to finish a, his career as a Packer. It's no question, in my opinion. We're going to move on to the next game, if that's all right with you, Rhino. Is that all right? Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to move on to the Bills versus Chiefs game. Chiefs ended up winning thirty-eight to twenty-four. Sorry, Bills Mafia, it was a good run. We were rooting for you guys. We we were we were all, we were designated Bills Mafia members for a good two weeks or so. <laughs> we were all cheering for you and seeing all the viral videos of of um people jumping off people jumping off tables and roofs all on the tables and like seeing them like uh, airport security. <laughs> having like the tables come through the the slots and yeah. the, it's like the only bag they had. Bills Mafia, incredible. I just want to say first off, this was an incredible season by the Bills. It was. I know the division was weaker without Tom in it, but they still played tremendous football and they are on a path that is going to be very bright in the future. Yeah, I think they have a really bright future with a really good quarterback, some really good receivers, and a. I mean, they still need to work out a couple things on their defense, but they have a r- couple really good defensive mm-hmm. players right now. And, yeah, I think they have a good future ahead of them. Yeah, I, I I agree completely. They're just missing a few little pieces here and there. And it's not even pieces. I just I, I think Josh Allen is going to be the next, maybe next Aaron Rodgers. But mm-hmm. besides, besides hopefully not missing out on every Super Bowl. But yeah, but very talented guy that will always be in the top three every year for quarterbacks, mm-hmm. most likely. He, he's, in, he's insane. He, he just has the, one of the strongest arms you've ever seen play the game. He's a tremendous athlete. He can move with his legs. He has the weapons. He just needs to be, be more experienced. Mm-hmm. Because what I've seen from last week's game against the Chiefs, you had Patrick Mahomes, who I believe it's his third year being a starting QB. Yeah. He's 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 there mentally. He knows what read to make. He knows when to throw it away. He knows how to read a defense. Josh Allen 
just seemed when the when the light shined the brightest last week, he sort of shied away or he was a little scared or a little frightened, even though he he's has a cannon of an arm. He is a tremendous athlete, but if he gets into that championship mindset like the others are, I can see big things coming to Buffalo, including Reigns. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I agree with you on all of that stuff. That makes mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really They just need to I they just need a couple more pieces on defense. They they might need another maybe a new receiver in town because I think they really need a running back too. And I, I yes, just, I still don't think that those two guys are Devin are Singletary it. and Zay and Zach Moss. Yeah, Zach Moss. I just don't think those guys are really it right now. But I mean, as all coaches do, they build their offense around their best player, which is Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. So they don't run the ball, but having that extra piece will help them a lot in the future. So. Mm-hmm. Either their running backs need to figure it out or they need to make a move on somebody. Yeah, what was it? They only ran the ball like seven times yeah, in the first they, half yeah, they of just, the uh, the Ravens. They only mm-hmm. ran the ball like seven times, which... And it was in really bad weather conditions. They still managed to throw the ball that many times. That's I, how much yeah. trust they have in their QB and their wide receivers. I get it. You believe in your quarterback. He has a strong arm. He's, he's up there. He's He's getting there. But you still need a running back to fall back on to get easy, easy yards because you can't expect Josh Allen to throw the ball to your receivers every single time. Defenses make reads, mm-hmm. and after a while, they get get to catch on unless they're like a Patrick Mahomes where they do some crazy every now and then. Yeah. But if you look at if you look at Josh Allen, he had a, a tremendous season. He's just a few key pieces away. Running back, you have to have a running back. If you look at it, Tom Brady. Who does he have? Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Like, all the good quarterbacks have a decent running back. Dak Prescott before injury, Zeke before he went downhill. <laughs> <laughs> like, who, who else is Chiefs? They have Le'Veon Bell, who, who is not in his prime, but he's still a running back. You can give the ball. Also, he, they have Hilaire, yeah. who is a really good rookie, and... He's really good out of the backfield catching the ball. But if you want to be if if you want to compete in the AFC, you have to have a great offense, especially mm-hmm. with the Chiefs. No defense, I think Evan Carney said this last week. If no defense is gonna stop what Patrick Mahomes does, you have to have a offense that can outscore Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Which I thought that was a really good point brought up by him. As of now, like back in back a few years ago when the Patriots beat them, they they just managed the game and their and the defense did end up with Stephon Gilmore and all those guys. But right now, offense is the key to winning the AFC, and that just that's just the way the game's sort of going. There's more offensive teams more than now than ever than defensive teams. The only defensive teams are the Rams, Colts. I'll, I'll say Bears. Yeah. And and That's others and others, yeah. Like all these teams are relying on their offenses to win games, which it should. But if you don't have a strong defense, it's it's really tough. Yeah. Like like the Chiefs might have the, one of the greatest offenses we ever seen, but they still have a really good defense behind them. Mm-hmm. It was like Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, um, and other who's the other guy? Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Yeah. Like their defense is still really good but if you want to win the AFC you have to have a really good offense 
Yeah. So this Saturday we got the Pro Bowl. It's kind of an unusual Pro Bowl with not having all the fun games and stuff, but. Yeah, I play, are they playing a Madden game? Yeah, I think they're playing oh. a Madden game with some type of draft like, or something. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look that up right now. But as he does that, um, me and EP are both gonna give. We're gonna give you guys our top five QBs, running backs, wide receivers, and our top five defensive players from this 2020 season. Okay. The uh, sorry, but back to what I was saying. Players that are gonna be involved in the Madden game, uh, I'm pretty sure they include that the AFC team will be led by Deshaun Watson, who who knows what team he's going to play for in a little bit, Derrick Henry, Snoop Doggy Dog, and Keyshawn Johnson. <laughs> like, like this is okay, and I'm not even on the NFC team. Just the NFC. Most random it's just you this is just going to be so much. Okay, like honestly, I'm like I'm probably going to tune in to to this Madden game and has have like background noise. But I feel like I'm going to be actually really interested in this. The NFC team, which is led by Kyle, Kyler Murray, Jamal Adams, Bubba Wallace, NASCAR driver, <laughs> and the savior, Marshawn Lynch. That's the reason <laughs> why I'm tuning in, my tune into this game, is to watch Marshawn Lynch eat his Skittles, <laughs> kick some butts in Madden. I want, what teams are, are they going to use the Pro Bowl teams? I would, they have to, right? Yeah, it make the most sense because... I mean, you've got to show the Pro Bowl game somehow. Yeah, you got to show the people who made the Pro Bowl yeah. somehow, which, which I want to, yeah, shout out to all the people who made the Pro Bowl. I know this is not, it is what it is, but yeah, I, I'm actually, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to tune into that. Yeah. You, I might, when is it? It's the... It's on Saturday. It's, oh yeah, it's on Saturday. It's on Saturday. I'm an idiot. Yeah, it's on Saturday. I, but we're going to go back to what Rhino was saying about our rankings. What were you saying, Rhino? So... All right, I'm going to start off with my top five quarterbacks from the season, and then EP will give you yeah. his top five. Let's start from five up. Five up? Five up, so right. so anticipation. So, all right, at number five, I went with Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I know it seemed like he didn't have the season that he normally has this year, but he still threw for over 4,000 yards yeah. and 40 touchdowns. So, I mean, he's got to be on this list. Number four, Deshaun Watson. Same thing. Didn't play for a great team, but still put up crazy numbers this year. Then number three, I got Josh Allen. I mean, again, young stud. Does everything he needs to do. Put up crazy numbers. Number two, I mean, one and two were really tough. Yeah, me, they're, they're I same. Mean, same. They could go it all dep- I mean, it could really go either way. At two, I had Patrick Mahomes because, and then, of course, number one, Aaron Rodgers. But the yeah. reason I had Rodgers over Mahomes is just that touchdown-to-interception ratio and that quarterback, that QB rating. I mean, he threw four, 48 touchdowns with five interceptions, and he had a 121 QB rating. I mean, that is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, that's definitely the best quarterback in the league right there. All right. Mine, we, we have some similarities mm-hmm. into ours as well. Probably won't see much differences. But my number five is... Some that he didn't have, Ryan Tannehill. I, I was really thinking about that because no, he it, he put up some crazy numbers this year, especially for for what they do. But you have to think about it. Derrick Henry helps out so much in in the passing game. Like it's in, it's incredible because they run so many play actions, mm-hmm. and it leads to people like AJ Brown getting open, and not yeah AJ Brown. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was a he's a really good game manager. He led the Titans to eleven and five record. Even with the Titans having really well, they had a lot of COVID problems beginning mm-hmm. of the year and people counted them out for a little bit. 
But my number four, got to go Russell Wilson. Yeah. Russell Wilson like just that. was so unlucky this season, was having <laughs> a really bad defense. He had outstanding weapons. His Also, his offensive line was not good whatsoever. I know it's sort of like Russell Wilson's game to like scramble around the field and sort of improvise, and he's really good at it. Like Shout out to him for that. But your quarterback needs to stay in the pocket majority of the, of the time. You can't have your QB running outside everywhere, even with the weapons he did. He didn't receive. He he was an early consideration for MVP until the defense didn't help yeah. and O line didn't help and they sort of dropped in record and ended up losing to the to the Rams. Mm-hmm. But my number three, same as you, Josh Allen. That's just a no brainer. Yeah, I, he's he, I he's just he's not better than Mahomes or Rogers, but he's not any worse than mm-hmm. any of anybody else in the league. So and I hopefully hopefully in a little bit he'll be up there, mm-hmm. maybe two or one. Mm-hmm. Bill's Mafia go crazy. Number two, I gotta go. Aaron, I, <laughs> I, I respect I, that as a Bears fan. Yeah, it's uh, not. It's not lie. even as a Bears fan. If you, I don't. I know this is regular season, but I mean season in general. But if he would have made the play, if he would made the Super Bowl, I probably would have had him one. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, he he only had really had two reliable targets or targets he really targeted the whole whole season, which was Aaron Jones. And Devonte, sometimes Onion, <laughs> Onion Tunyon, now now and then, but he really only shared the ball to two guys. But and yeah, since I'm a Bears fan, he's gonna be a little lower than my man Patrick Mahomes here at number one. I just think Patrick Mahomes was the most clutch, reliable, and productive QB. He had four thousand seven hundred forty forty yards. He had thirty eight touchdowns and only six picks. It's just anytime he had the ball, you knew you were gonna score. It just felt that way. Mm-hmm. Like anyway, field goal was Aaron Rodgers. There's some times that, eh, he, he's he's not feeling it, or his targets were would drop the ball. He also, yeah. yeah, he just didn't get a lot of help beside from people that weren't Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. All right, so now moving on to running backs, starting from five going up. Uh, my number five running back, I had Aaron Jones. I mean, there's going to be a lot of Packers on this list just because. They're yeah, just their all their offense that, was great. They're just that their good. offense was great. Uh. Number four, I have Nick Chubb. I mean, he proved that he can run. He can run the ball, and that's all he does. But I mean, that's all you really need to be able to do in this league. And then number three, I have Dalvin Cook. Again, I mean, he didn't play for a great team. Still put up crazy numbers. I know he missed a couple games, but I mean, he still put up some crazy numbers. Two. This is tough. It, it is tough. I, it's, again, one and two are interchangeable, but. I went with Derrick Henry. I know he put up 2,000 yards rushing, which no one does. But the reason I have Kamara at one is because of his – he's just an insane offensive threat. I mean, mm-hmm. you cannot guard somebody who puts up close to 1,000 rushing yards and almost 1,000 – and like 750 receiving yards. Yeah. That's just not stoppable. And I just think that if we're going on best running back – I mean, just most difficult to defend and game plan against. It's got to be Alvin Kamara. Yeah. I'm just going to say this right now. Our top three, exactly the same. Goes one Kamara, two Henry, three Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, is Alvin Kamara pretty much carried the whole offense. Yeah. Slant Boy was, was not hurt. getting he production. Didn't, he, didn't, he didn't play the whole year. I know, but still, he didn't get any production, and it also didn't help because Breezy wasn't breeze, mm-hmm. being Breezy. Yeah. And they had to rely on Taysom Hill, who's a running quarterback and can't throw the ball, farther than probably 50 yards yeah. or 
He's not a forty yards. Not a deep he's just ball not. Thrower. He's yeah. He's just not not ball thrower. Derrick Henry because even without the ball, you had to guard him. Mm-hmm. If they if they did a fake run, you had to get on him because if not, he was running ninety eight yards for a touchdown like he did against I think like mm-hmm. the Bengals or something. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook, outstanding year. He had a lot of volume. Was just had an outstanding year for the Vikings. Then I then what I have different than, with Rhino at number four, Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. He was versatile in Packers running and passing game because if they guard Devontae on the passing game, guess who's in the backfield? Yeah, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is in the backfield on a wheel route or swing. But my number five, it might shock some people. Sorry to Nick Chubb. I, Nick Chubb's an outstanding running back. I'm not saying he's not, but he was hurt a little bit, and that didn't play a factor. But my top five, it's got to go from the Illinois statesman James Robinson, the undrafted running back, had an outstanding breakout year. I like that. I mean, yeah, he went crazy for being a rookie, went undrafted. I mean... And being on the worst team in football? Yeah, being on the worst team in football, he actually did put up really good numbers this year. Honestly, could we even call them the worst team in football? Because guess what? They have the number one pick. They're getting Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) The worst team in football, in my opinion, it doesn't matter that they beat the Rams. They're the smartest team in football. Smartest team in football is the Jags because they were dedicated to tanking. (laughs) Uh, the Jets, eh, let's win a game against the Rams. Why not? Let's lose our trap position. <laughs> let's win another game against the Browns, you know. <laughs> Why not? Yep. All right, now we're going to go on the wide receivers. Rhino, take it away. Um. All right, so number five, I have Keenan Allen. Put up crazy numbers on a bad team. I mean, really one of those guys that has just been really consistent over the last couple years of putting up really good numbers, lots of touchdowns, lots of yards. I mean, I just he's my number five guy. Then number four, I have Tyreek Hill. Pretty I mean, pretty much unstoppable. He's faster than everybody in the entire league and he's got probably the best quarterback in the league, so mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to stop him. Three, I have DeAndre Hopkins. Not as great of a year as he probably would have liked, but he still put up great numbers and it's still very difficult to defend him. Number two, I put Stephon Diggs, which, I mean, he went crazy mm-hmm. this year. Very. I mean, from him going to a different team, I mean, so did DeAndre Hopkins. But yeah, yeah. I think that Stephon Diggs had a better quarterback and, mm-hmm. I mean, didn't Stronger play. Stronger arm. He didn't, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins also played in a tougher division. The NFC West is mm-hmm. a much tough, tougher division. But Stephon Diggs put up great numbers in number one, Devontae Adams. I mean, hate to say it. Hate <laughs> to really say hate it. to say it, but 18 touchdowns. I mean, that's that's crazy. Okay, and 115 receptions, 1300 yards. I also want to say this. That's crazy. If no injuries, would where would Julio Jones would be on this list? I think he'd be in the three spot, probably. I think that I, agree. I still think that Stephon Diggs and Devontae Adams still would have had a better season than him, but. Definitely, if he he would have definitely been in my top five if he wasn't injured all year. Mm-hmm. I, I I do agree with that. I just wanted to see where he fell with mm-hmm. you and I because he is an outstanding wide receiver who just didn't get there health wise. Yeah. And which shout out to Calvin Ridley though. Oh yeah, Calvin he, Ridley is he put up great numbers, this insane year. numbers, especially in the beginning. Had like mm-hmm. like eight eight touchdowns yeah, in like very the first quickly. five games or four games. Yes, something like that. And. There's a little trend with my list. I like to go for a little, like, the people who <laughs> deserve like the, more. You like the I like, sleepers. I like the people who deserve I, more you don't love. Go, you don't go straight I, stats. I, I, I like that. Yes, I want the people who deserve more love, the, the wide receivers 
who deserved who had it who had a great season, but it didn't show of of team play. Yeah. My number five, Terry McLaurin. Okay. McLaurin. I like that. Washington football team. He yeah, he had a great year. He managed to have over a thousand yard season with below average quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Like very below average. Very, very <laughs> below average. Which they had Alex Smith for like two, three games, yeah. but he was still coming back off an injury. Mm-hmm. He's a stud. He's definitely the best wide receiver on that team. And yeah, yeah. He's my number five. He deserves more love. And I hate to say that because I think he deserves more love over A Rob. A Allen Robinson's not on my list. I even agree. though Allen Robinson does deserve more love. Mm-hmm. But wow. I just think there are five guys better than Allen Robinson. I yes. Number four, DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion. De- DeAndre yeah. is number four. He he's just the deep ball threat. Murray was so happy to see it come to him this offseason. <laughs> I would be too. First year was Murray showed us that he won't be slowing down in production, no. especially was not not having Watson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's my number four. He'll do great in Arizona. Number three, his number one, Devonta Adams is my number three. <laughs> not the, not the, not the, not no 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 no. It's not. I swear <laughs> to God. I swear to God. It's not the hit on on that. I just think there's two guys better than him, in my opinion. Uh, like. Well, I'm gonna be honest. NFC corner cornerbacks are there's or NFC North NFC North cornerbacks are not that great. No, that's true. I, I that's true. Like think about it. Uh, Jeff Okuda is probably the best one on the Lions. Bears yeah. have the only team two good with two good corners, but they're but still inconsistent. Yeah, they're very inconsistent. And then Vikings, I I honestly can't I, name I, one off the I top could, of my head. I could I cannot name one off the top either. of my head. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. I, I just think Devontae Adams went up against a little less competition cornerback-wise and safety-wise. I like that you had a good explanation for that. Yes, not because, just because I hate the Packers, yeah, which makes, I don't yeah. hate. I just like like a lot, <laughs> especially because they're fans. But that's <laughs> a different t- time, different conversation. My number two, it's your boy Tyreek. Yeah, I I probably would have had him higher, but just, I don't know. Just, I just he he's just he's just he's unstoppable. It's just I, being so really fast. With the best quarterback, yeah, it's it's so hard to beat, and it also helps. Of course, it also helps that there's so many other weapons on the field with yeah. him, with Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins. Like, if everyone keeps their eye on Travis Kelsey, you're gonna be open down the field. And with Patrick Mahomes, he can make any, probably any throw. Yeah, any throw you need on the field. My number one, Diggs. Yeah, it's it's simple. Tore it up this season with the year. Bills. He had 311 yards. Actually, no, I take that back. That's definitely wrong. <laughs> I have no idea where I got my info wrong from. But he tore it up this season. It, it, it's weird because the last season with Minnesota, in my opinion, he was the number two guy. Yeah. Adam Stinlin got majority of the production. The only Diggs was more of the big play, uh, st- streaking down the field, hit a post, big play, game changer type of player. But when he went to Buffalo, he showed us he can be the lead guy. He can get those easy receptions, easy five-yard plays that Adam Thielen used to get. And I just think he stepped up a lot this season, and I think he was the best wide receiver this season. He had uh, five or 1,535 yeah, yeah, yards yeah. this year. I have year. no idea why I wrote down 311, probably and from one game. 127 receptions, only eight touchdowns, though. But Yeah, but yeah. you also have to think Cole Beasley this year stepped oh, yeah. up tremendously, especially for his age. He was more their touchdown guy. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, they just had they they still had weapons too. Yeah, and then they also have Dawson Knox at tight end. Mm-hmm. They, they have weapons too. A- AFC got them weapons. Yeah, let's just say that. And uh, yeah. All right, now heading on to just our top five okay, defensive D- players. Okay, I'm, before we start, I'm just going to say, this could go any <laughs> Oh, yeah, there, way. there are so many guys there that you can put. Corners, safeties, oh, linebackers, yeah. DNs. I, mm-hmm. I, my, I just threw my list together from what sounded the best to me yeah. and probably to you too. <laughs> All right, so th- it, these could be totally not what you're thinking or spot on. We have no idea. No idea what Rhino's going to have, except for maybe like a few players here and there. Yeah. All right, Rhino, give me it. Right. So at number five, I have Xavier Howard, led the league in picks. He had 10, 10 interceptions in a year. Any Anything double-digit picks in a year, that is a ridiculous He's season. insane, especially for Miami. Miami's yeah, defense playing, this year. on Miami, and I think he just had a really good season this year. At number four, I have Miles Garrett. Put up okay. insane sack numbers this year. Coming off of a suspension from last year. I mean, yeah, he didn't even play half the season last yeah. year. And he comes back, and I think he top three in sacks this year. Probably, most likely. He was definitely top three in sacks. And he really was a leader on that Browns defense, and he Mm -hmm. led them to quite a few wins this season. And then number three, I have TJ Watt. He also had a great season. Was probably up there in those top three with sacks also. He was number one, He was number one in sacks. And... Yeah, he was, a, he was a good piece of that, t- to that mm-hmm. really good defense in Pittsburgh. And then number two, I have Jalen Ramsey. I just think that he's he held so many. He held yes almost I, I, all of our receivers on this top five list to to like, less than like six like, catches. Yes, and fifty yards. and fifty yards. He wasn't allowing. He just there, you just couldn't get past him. You, there was nothing you could do. Yeah, he 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 would follow. Clean. He would follow your team's best receiver around the field the whole entire game. And he would make sure that he was not going to get the ball. He has claimed so many pro or or I mean Pro Bowl wide receivers' names. Yes, he has claimed them, and they're his. And he's got, and the Rams got a good one in that trade. Yeah, he's especially with Aaron Donald too. Do you have Aaron Donald yeah. at number one? And Aaron Donald is my number one overall defensive player. It's just, I mean, he might not lead the league in all the stats, but. It's the same thing that I say with Khalil Mack. Everyone hates on Khalil Mack because all they do is look at stats, and they're just like, oh, he didn't put up this many stats this year. Oh, and there's holding It calls. doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just how much of an impact they have on a team's offense. Yeah, so like and Derrick think, Henry in, yes, again, in the Yes, again, game. with the rushing game. It's just somebody that you can't stop, and you have to, you have to do everything you can to stop them. So if that means triple-teaming him, that means that somebody else on that defense is going to make the play, and that's the reason that Aaron Donald is not making all the plays. Example, Leonard Floyd. Yes. He was. He, he's he's making, had a tremendous year yeah, this year. And he's up, making, up there in sacks. Yeah, he's making all these plays, and it's because they're triple-teaming Aaron Donald, and that's why I think that he is the best defensive player in the league. Man, that was actually a really good case for Aaron Donald. But Aaron Donald's not even on my top five. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, like I say, number five is the person who deserves more love. Hassan Reddick. Do you know who Hassan Reddick is? Yeah. You do? Yeah. He's a linebacker for the Cardinals. He was top in sacks, and he and he had six forced fumbles. That's crazy, actually. That's insane. Six forced fumbles in a year is pretty I, good. I'm, I, I, when I looked up my stats for this segment, <laughs> I was like, wait, Hassan Reddick, who plays for the Cardinals, had six forced fumbles? <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. So hey, I, yeah. I, like, I like that. 
yeah, he's different. You, you don't hear you don't hear about the Cardinals that much unless it's Murray and Hopkins. Mm-hmm. You don't hear much about that defense because it's not that great. Yeah, but Hassan Reddick, my number five, my number four. It's coming, my man Roquan. Okay, I, I mean I like that. Someone a lot. else who deserves more love, yeah, not just come, not just because I'm a Bears fan, but he tied for tackles for a loss this season. Mm-hmm. I believe it was like ten or. Which is good for a linebacker as well, because a lot of those tackles for loss are coming from outside linebackers and mm-hmm. edge guys. But yeah, that's a really good. He stat to is. Have. It's probably because I watch majority Bears games, but he is absolutely the leader mm-hmm. on the. He does everything you need him to do. He's not that great in coverage now and then, but he'll do it. Mm-hmm. He will do anything and everything to help his team succeed. He's just the best player that the Bears could have drafted in in 2018. Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Was the eighth pick something yeah, like that? It was something like that. He was absolutely the greatest player we could have drafted in that situation, especially with our defensive needs at that time. Roquan's my number four. Hate it, love it. I love it. <laughs> he deserves more love. My number three though is T.J. Watt. Did you have T.J. Watt three? Yeah, yeah. Most sacks in the league yeah. on that tremendous, tremendous defense Pittsburgh out there defense. in Pittsburgh. Yeah, their defense won them all those games, and Big yeah. Ben just had to give his ball to his weapons yeah didn't work out though nope nope didn't work out my number two Jalen Ramsey yeah I like that like all the points that Rhino said just add them to what I'm gonna say right now because he hit it spot on is he he locks down anyone and everyone besides Darnell Mooney Darnell Mooney hit the sickest uh (laughs) in and out route and he burned him so bad but you know Nick Foles overthrew him of course because he's not that great of a quarterback because Aaron Donald was applying pressure. See, now I'm confused. I don't have any idea who your number one. My number be. one, my number one. You're, you're, you might think it's a little, little weird, and I, I don't, I don't, the anticipation because it's <laughs> not. I, I'm this. telling I you right know. now, it's someone you're not thinking of right now. <laughs> if you're listening to this at home, it's someone you're not thinking about. But I'm gonna go to the NFC champions, linebacker Devin White. Wow. All wow, right. I mean, I'd really I, like that. I, mean, I just, I, I don't I, know, I don't know about one, but I would, I mean, I would consider him for a top five defensive player. But yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't know, I, know, about I, know, one. I know, I know, one's <laughs> tough, but from from what I've seen, he's 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 like a Roquan Smith, but but has more production in numbers. Mm-hmm. He has he has a lot of ints. He's always in there making plays on the quarterback. He he's someone who's really stepped up from getting drafted from LSU, and him Shaq Barrett. And Dominic Sue, they're gonna they're gonna be uh, they're gonna try to get to the quarterback. They're trying to get to Patrick Mahomes in the next uh, or two weeks from now, trying to trying to win that Super Bowl chip. All right, so that is our top five rankings of the skilled positions and defense for the NFL Pro Bowl week. It's Pro Bowl week game on Saturday, Madden game on Saturday. Tune into that. So, is there anything else you want to say? No. All right, so we're gonna call that a show. It was just me and Rhino, but we clearly, yeah. hey. we clearly get the time up, and we give you the, we give you what we want to talk about. <laughs> yep. So that's gonna end it here. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Two One Seven Sports Talk Podcast. High school sports are back. We'll talk about more high school sports, hopefully, because that's majority of our show. So hopefully, yep. we see Rhino on the football field. Yep. Again, maybe doing some more interviews with Deep Dish Pizza. Check it out. <laughs> he asked a few, few, asked a few questions. He answered them. Great. Of course, you got an interview after I interviewed him on this podcast. It's deep dish football. Deep dish football. <laughs> Sorry. Isn't that what I said? No, you said pizza. <laughs> De- Sorry. Deep dish pizza Chicago. I'm sorry. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Peace.